0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.
1: In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect <laughs> Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your last place, not scoring in the second half, Miami Dolphins, now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network as well as the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. I am Sam Marcoux. He is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about Chris Cullen. Chris, how the hell are you, my friend?
0: Oh, doing well, buddy. We we're talking off air, and I told you how uh, we both really don't have anything going on. It's a dead week uh, with a bye week and all that, and in a tanking season, uh, in a normal season, a bye week is just ugh, you know gray skies because there's no game to look forward to. But in a tanking season, you're like, what do we do now? Do we go play in the hose or the sprinklers? Like, what what do we do here? Well, uh, if you play in the hose, sometimes that's when you get unwanted pregnancies, there, Chris. So you
1: got to be careful. When you're you right, do that. Sam. But uh, I think the line of the week, the tweet of the week that I saw actually came from our good friend Greg Camarillo, former Miami Dolphin, who actually lived through a season very similar to the one that we're living through right now. And he said that the Miami Dolphins were minus 12 against the bye week in week five.
0: <laughs> so. Hold on. That was great. That was great. But you also tweeted another one, and it made it to the front page of the our Reddit page, uh, uh, where the guy said that our game against the Bengals have been flexed to the Cartoon Network.
1: Yeah, that was pretty fantastic, that too. That was great. Yeah, great. I—, I I would have given that tweet. I would have given that the tweet of the week, except I just didn't know who that was. And I know who Greg is, and he's been on the show, and he'll come on the show again. So, uh, shout out to Greg and that other guy for uh, two very good tweets regarding the Miami
0: Dolphins and the Tankathon. yeah, one good thing about the Tankathon Sam which I, you did we just you just coined that. That's fantastic. I picture just a bunch of like former disgruntled players like Bob Kuchenberg answering phone calls yeah. uh, for the Tankathon and like, you know, three people call. But uh the one one thing that is good about this season is the memes. The memes have been oh, phenomenal. Right. Yeah. No, it's been fantastic.
1: And uh, you know, look, once you embrace the tank, once you just, you know, uh, realize that this is what's happening everything becomes great I mean if you're if you're one of those like there's, I just picture one guy like I don't know like a fan in Kansas that's just hanging on like look they're 0 and 4 but they can turn it around we can still go 12 and 4 and win You've this been whole competitive
0: thing in first uh, halves uh, every uh, week
1: yeah something like that but uh, you know once you embrace <laughs> the tank once you realize that this is just what it's going to be it makes the season so much more fun and it just makes everything more entertaining and some of our citizens out there Chris they have done that too uh, just looking at the Apple podcast reviews once again Dolphin. And Ray checking in, and get, and he gave the second half of the Chargers game five stars. And, said, and of course, if, you did, if you're living under a rock, the Miami Dolphins lose to the Los Angeles Chargers at home 30-10, to 10, don't score in the second half for the fourth game in a row, now being outscored 81-0 against opponents so far <laughs> through four games. And, of course, Dolphin Ray says, Drake's not great, Kalen's bailing. Sanders not grander, Rosen looks frozen, and Jakeem is not the dream, worthless midget. Love you guys, no homo, Dolphin decay. So there you go. Did <laughs> little rhyme, little limerick, and uh, gave the second half of the Charger game five stars. Speaking of that Charger game, Chris, as I just said, we do not score again in the second half. Look competitive, had the lead for the first oh. time. In the first half, as we went up, uh, what, three to nothing? Or no, seven to three. Seven to three, we went up. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, looked competitive. We had progress on offense and defense in the in the first half. And then the second half came, uh, showed
0: up, and the Miami Dolphins did not. It's weird, Sam. My dad is now, you know, uh, Le- uh, Leonard, he is now full on conspiracy mode. He believes that we are tanking and we are like purposely doing bad in the second half. Um, he he swears up and down that flores is having the offense competitive and uh, game planning and doing well in the first half to kind of show the front office that, look, we can do it if we wanted to. And then the second half, just like, hey, guys, go out there and fucking whatever. They're not adjusting. They're not doing anything. Uh, I actually tweeted during the game um, that I have a feeling or it feels like that we go out there and we play football. And then at halftime in the locker room, they're all having their orange slices and juice boxes. And Chris Greer's coming down and everybody's clapping and hooting and hollering. And he's like, guys, guys, guys. We're we're supposed to lose. You guys remember that, right? Like we we all agree to this. The plan is to suck. We're losing. We we need Tua, and he has like a cardboard cutout of Tua. And they're like, oh yeah, that's right. And then they go out in the second half and completely shit the bed because they look like a whole different team. Yeah. Like Josh Rosen's going deep to Parker. He's wide open. We're carving up the defense. He has time to throw. We're running the ball with Drake, and then we come out in the second half and it's like checkdowns. He's throwing it right to defenders. Uh, we can't block. Drake's not even in the game all of a sudden balages and he's dropping passes and it's like what the hell happened like it really is the oddest season competitively and like you said expecting to lose it's you just can laugh at it but they actually break it down think about it and look at it with a microscope you're like the fuck is happening? Do you remember
1: the movie Major League about the Cleveland Indians and uh, uh, the course, owner yeah. that the owner that wanted them to tank right so she could sell the team and move them to another another city? Uh, she was trying to devalue the franchise so much that nobody would want them; they could just move away. And then to motivate them, they actually put up a picture of her in her like little business yes. suit. And every win they got, they actually pulled off part of the business suit until she was naked. That was their motivator to keep winning. Well, I kind of feel like the Miami <laughs> Dolphins are doing that, like you said with Chris Greer, but instead of pulling pieces off, they have a naked Tua. Uh, cardboard cutout in the <laughs> locker room, and with every loss, they put a part of the Miami Dolphins uniform on him. Right, so like right now, he's got shoulder pads. He's got uh, the jersey. Well, he doesn't have the jersey. He's got the helmet. He's got the shoulder pads. He's got the cleats, and he's got the socks. And they're just waiting to put the jockstrap on him after week f- week six, the next game, and then they can just completely after sixteen games build uh, Tua, uh, and then on the last one, they'll actually reveal whatever his number is going to be. Uh, yeah, it's it's bizarre, <laughs> man. It almost seems like they're hitting the reset button in a negative way at the end of the half. I mean, I, I think Travis. Wingfield or somebody tweeted out that I think in the second half we had 18 yards passing or something like that I mean it was it was ridiculous I mean it was like how the hell does this happen and if you look at that game what well, was frustrating that for whatever reason this game frustrated me probably because we were competitive in the first half Chris but yes it just seemed like we were we were going to we we were like okay we're going to take away your wide receiver weapon we're going to take Keenan Allen away he's only going to get a couple of c- uh, catches we're going to put Xavier Howard on him but this is where the talent or, or lack thereof really showcased itself all Philip Rivers did at least when in watching this game, is check down to a running back, and that running back was getting 10, 15, 20 yards every single time. It was like we didn't have any linebackers out there to cover a freaking running back. It was just so asinine to me just to see Austin Echelar and everyone else just kind of running out little out routes and little flat routes and and everything else and catching it and turning it upfield, going seven, eight yards before somebody in a Dolphins uniform even got into the screen. It was so frustrating.
0: Yeah, and the funny thing is they kept cutting to Melvin Gordon and full pads yeah. on the sideline, almost to be like, hey, Dolphins fans, <laughs> Eckler's killing you. Yeah. that He's his backup, <laughs> like it that guy right worse. there. Yeah. They, don't, yeah, they, they don't even need him. He, he's, he's just going to enjoy South Beach. He just felt like putting on the uniform. So, yeah, that, that was just an extra salt to the wound type deal. where They kept showing Melvin Gordon on the sidelines activated, and they're like, we don't need you, bro.
1: Well, you know it's thirty to ten. You lose, and we knew we were going to lose. And it was fun to get a touchdown. Um, you know, Devontae Parker put his game shoes on for that. You know, he does that once or twice every single season. Uh, he did it in this game. He looked good. Preston Williams again, as we talked about, had some drops that he shouldn't be dropping. Had some catches that you don't think he should be able to catch. Uh, but we talked about Preston Williams last year or last week. I uh, talked about what we want to see between now and the end of the season. And one of those things, Chris, is that we we both expect him to get better about catching those catchable balls and that. He'll be a future Finn uh, beyond this season. So that's kind of what we're gonna we're gonna morph that what we talked about with Preston Williams in the last episode of Perfectville. We're gonna turn that into Finn or Finished, and this is where we talk about uh, a, a current player that's playing. Uh, we're going to review what they've done so far this season and then just kind of put our assessment on them. Are they a fin in the future or are they finished here in Miami after this season? And I think the guy I want to talk about is the obvious one, uh, the one that we're now starting to see some tape on. Uh, the chosen one himself, Mr. Josh Rosen, are now mm. starting quarterback. Started as the backup, but now we're here. Uh, Josh Rosen, starting quarterback. Uh, your initial thoughts after, well, he's played in all four games, but he's started two so far, Chris. What are your thoughts of Josh Rosen after the uh, quarter par- quarterback
0: Mark of the uh, football season. Well, first things first. Let me preface any of this with: This is the toughest read you can yes. give to this guy. Like it just, it is so difficult. You know, he's right now banging a drum. Like, give me an opportunity with a team. Like, because I, I, this is not a team. This is not. I mean, Jakeem Grant is completely Terrible. useless out Terrible. there. Albert Wilson is injured. Uh, Quote, injured. Unquote. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing the finger quotes. Like he was like, "Fuck this!" after the first half of the first game. Uh, Parker shines once or twice, and then you got Preston Williams, an undrafted free agent, is starting and is our one-one A receiver. Um, Gusecki hasn't done much. Smythe O'Leary, I mean, these guys w- with the line they put in front of them. With Bellage getting uh outcarried by Mark Walton mm. of all people who um had almost double the carries of Bellage um so he's losing favor with the the coaching staff it's hard to to judge this guy it really is so i 'll preface with that but what i 've seen so far is murky it's inconsistent there is good there's a lot of good there's there's him. Running around in the pocket with the presence to extend plays and stay behind the line of scrimmage, like I've never seen before. Um, well, I've seen for the Dolphins recently, and you know it's someone like Ryan Tannehill who I liked a lot, where he if his first second read broke down and he did step up in the pocket, he was running, right? Like he wasn't, you know he he will. St- step up and then he'll go flat parallel along the sideline to continue looking for somebody to get open. I like that. And he makes good plays that way. Uh, and he does have an accurate deep ball he's, and he's not afraid to throw it. He's not afraid to throw it up to a guy. He does make some, take some risks, but that's kind of exciting as a fan. You know, I'd hate to see it when we're 10 and six going for a playoff card berth in a game and we lose it, but it is fun in a season like this to see him kind of do that and let his guys go up and make plays. But He holds the ball too long sometimes. He'll uh, throw just Terrible balls. You don't understand why he even threw it. There's a charger in a dark uniform standing right there, and he threw it, hit him right in the chest. Like the plays like that are a little um, excruciating, as well as I I notice he gets a lot of balls knocked down at the line of scrimmage. And that's really driving me nuts, Uh, especially because he's not like, you know, Kyler Murray, a short quarterback. So I don't know about the future. A lot of people are saying draft Tua and let him play under Rosen for a season, and we put guys around him. Uh, and get his trade value up let him back up to a i don't know but he is in the one of the more difficult situations i've seen in a quarterback in decades sam it is such a weird such a weird
1: crazy unique situation. It's so weird to think of a guy who was drafted in the first round then traded the season after that for a second rounder. Yeah, top ten, and then gets traded the very next season for a second-round pick and is still just like, got the toughest position out there, right? I mean, it it really he really does. Uh, Some of the things you touched on is what I wanted to touch on. He does, especially in that Cowboys game, seemed like he was getting a lot of balls knocked down at the line of scrimmage, and it really wasn't they were jumping. They were just getting their hands up, which means he's got to figure out a way to throw through that traffic, Uh, whether he's throwing over the top or he's got to fling it from the side or whatever the case may be. He's got to figure out a way to get around those defenders when he's throwing the ball. Uh, He does have a better pocket presence and knowing that, hey, if I don't move, I'm probably going to get murdered, and that's probably due to the fact that while while playing in Arizona and so far here in Miami, he does not have an offensive line. So right. I think he's just – I don't know if it's instincts or if he's just been taught – Get out after two seconds and start running and, and make your own space, create your own space, because he does do a pretty good job of, like you said, getting lateral there when he's outside of the pocket and keeping his eyes downfield, which at some point is probably going to mean he's going to get knocked into next week by some defensive end who's just going to key in on him or a safety coming down, crashing down that he's not looking at because he's looking for Preston Williams or Jakeem Grant or somebody else that's going to drop the ball that's going to give him a concussion as he gets nailed. Um, he does hold on to the ball a little bit too long at times. There were at least two of those plays where I was like, dude, this looks like Ryan Tannehill all over again. And he needs to get rid of that ball he's got to understand that he can't just sit back there running around for five seconds um and 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 even on that 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 sack that he had that he almost got a safety on Chris he had open wide receivers and they were deep and that was it was tailor-made for somebody like Josh Rosen with his arm and his ability to throw that thing on the move down the road and he just didn't see the receiver for whatever reason or just didn't feel confident in throwing it so it is a little bit of a mixed bag um I do like him better than Ryan Fitzpatrick it makes sense to start Josh Rosen this season over Ryan Fitzpatrick I think he does give you a better chance of at least evaluating the other talent around him. Again, finger quotes on talent. Uh, whereas Ryan Fitzpatrick, I don't think you get a good read on the offensive line. You don't get a good read on your wide receivers, your tight ends, your running backs, etc. I think Josh Rosen at least can make some plays or extend some plays to allow you to uh, at least make some assessment of what your wide receivers and your running backs and everyone else is doing. So for that reason, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I don't think he's going to be the future here. I mean, he would literally have to go you know, 12-0 and over the next 12 games in order to even go, okay, we might have our quarterback of the future. Um, but I am curious, is he trying out for a starting position somewhere else or is he trying out to be uh, a, a Miami Dolphin next year and beyond as even as the backup to, uh, to a Tua or, or somebody else of that ilk? I mean, uh, is Josh Rosen uh, a Finn in the future or is he finished here in South Beach? Oh, in yeah, that's
0: so tough. It depends on just what the franchise wants to do. In my opinion, and it, I hate to say it, but it's like – exactly like the Cardinals. You want to just kind of let him move on and start somewhere else. There's a team... He deserves it as a person and as a player. Um, You just hope that he's not damaged goods enough to where no team's going to give him an opportunity i saw a one fantasy tweet that um of course doomsday style that we release him and he signs with new england and tom brady retires and he's the dominating there for the next 15 years like he is 22 years old he is young he's almost the same age as kyler murray who was just drafted a year after him he's that young he will be and can be a starting quarterback in this league, um, especially under the right circumstances with the right talent around him. Um, And it doesn't have to be great talent. Like he's doing things as a quarterback that um, you you almost wish as a Dolphins fan he would step up and be that 12-0 and guy because it's like with all the draft capital we have, could you imagine having the first or second overall pick and the eighth overall pick and like the 20th overall pick and we don't need to use any of them on a quarterback? Like That would be the ideal scenario where you just build around Josh Rosen. I don't know if they're giving him the chance to do that, if they're even going to factually look into that and think that's a possibility. I doubt it because Tua is so good and so is Fromm and Herbert and these guys. Uh, But Rosen was that guy a year ago. (laughs) He was being conversated by podcasts as college quarterbacks coming out in the NFL draft. So it's really tough.
1: It is the weirdest situation I've ever seen, Sam. So my opinion, gun to my head, um, I think he stays. He's cheap. He's under a rookie contract. Uh, He's under our control. He's not going to be the the starting quarterback. And unless he asks for a trade and an opportunity to go somewhere else, his best opportunity to start NFL, uh, NFL games is going to be in Miami this season and next season because the only chance he has against somebody like Tua is to come in as somebody who's got a couple years of experience and say, you know what? I'm going to guide this ship until they're absolutely ready. The other part of this is, look, this team, especially the offensive line, is not very good. So whatever rookie quarterback you put back there next year, be it from Herbert, Tua, anybody, there's a possibility that person's going to get hurt. And then what do you do? Especially once you've drafted all these other players and you're looking to be competitive as early as next year, you're going to need a young quarterback that maybe has some experience that you could put in there. So for my money, I think he stays. I think he stays as a backup. And until he says, you know what, trade me somewhere else where I have an opportunity to start, his best option is to start here all of this season and maybe next season. So for for that reason and for the reasons that he's under team control and he's cheap, I think Josh Rosen is a fin beyond this year in 2019.
0: Yeah, I probably agree with that. But also, for the opportunity, he might just challenge himself and say, You'll beat him out. Um, because he's, he's rip- built that way. He's wired that way. I mean, if, if you yeah. look at him, he's very, you
1: know, quote unquote, cocky. So I could see him taking that as a challenge and saying, Look, I'll beat him out and I'll just be your starting
0: quarterback and you'll waste that first rounder on a quarterback that you don't need. Yep. Pissy off and no state income taxes. So he'll stay in Florida and make the smart decision. <laughs> Yeah, well, there you go. Well, the smart decision
1: for us is to actually take a break and pay some bills with some of our sponsors there, Chris, as we uh, continue to get bigger and bigger here in Welcome to Perfectville. Uh, we'll be back right after these words to talk about all the other teams and players and NFL personnel that maybe are just as bad and sad as the Miami Dolphins. And we'll also talk about the and pre- preview the game coming up this weekend, Chris. I can't wait. Something tells me the Miami Dolphins will not lose this week. We'll be back right <laughs> after this.
0: Want to know what life is really like after the game is all over? Real athletes are here to share their true stories of adversity and triumph every week on After Orange Slices. Even if you don't like sports, pro athletes, former college stars, celebrities, coaches, public speakers, doctors, and all kinds of experts, join the show, and there's a little bit of something for everybody. Join me, Bridget, for a slice of inspiration, plus your everyday sports news sprinkled in. New episodes every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, available anywhere you get your podcasts.
1: All right there Chris as we talked about the Miami Dolphins are 0 and 4 they've been outscored 81 to nothing in the second half of four games so far this season uh they're miserable they're terrible we don't know what we have for a quarterback we don't know if we have any people that'll be on this offensive line beyond this year Preston Williams is our best receiver and he's not very good uh snap to snap and then you have a defense that again is just giving up points left and right so uh like I said fair to say that the Miami Dolphins are miserable but they're not the only team out there they're not the only thing associated with the NFL that is miserable which makes us very very happy both you and I because why because misery loves, company. misery loves company. And as we always do here, Chris, uh, the Chair of Despair is got room for more than just the Miami Dolphins. And I'm going to go ahead and start. I'm going to start with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Cincinnati mm. Bengals somehow, someway, uh, look worse than the Miami Dolphins, New York Jets, Pittsburgh Steelers combined. I mean, they did, did just lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers by a bunch. And they're trying to win. So as we talked about for many years when it comes to the Ryan Tannehill being on the Andy Dalton line, Andy Dalton might be on the Andy Dalton line at this point. Their screen game for offense looks vaguely familiar from their head coach that used to be our offensive quarterback guy. Uh, They don't have anybody on defense. They have minimal talent across the board. This team is going to compete with us and a couple of other teams for that number one overall pick, and that is a scary, scary thought because we are losing, and we're losing by a lot, but we're trying to lose. These guys are out there trying to be competitive. The Cincinnati Bengals garbage so far in 2019.
0: Yeah, that's a great pick, Sam, and um, one that was in my list for sure. But I'm going to go with another one, and this is a little bit of a different side of the of the coin. Sam, if I told you on a random Sunday afternoon the Miami Dolphins scored 40 points at home, mm. what would your betting odd be that we won the game? I would say that we would probably
1: about 95%
0: sure that we would have won that game. What if I also told you that you were the defending NFC or AFC champions. I would say that it's a lock that we would have won that game. Absolutely, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the Los Angeles Rams say... Fuck your chances and your betting odds. We will just give up 55 points to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the team who Jameis Winston's being questioned if he's going to actually continue to be the starter, if he's the answer. They went out there with Aaron freaking Donald on their defense and gave up 55 points. Points at home to Jameis Winston and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Bucs, who I think at the time were 1-2. and two, um, Wow. Sam, I don't know how that's possible. I don't know how the LA Rams come out. Um, I, I, I really want to chalk this up as they're looking past them for Seattle on Thursday because to give up 55 points at home and lose, that is... Uh, embarrassing. I'm sorry, to score 40 points and lose at home,
1: that's embarrassing. It really is embarrassing and that gets them a nice big comfy spot right in the middle of that couch, that chair of despair as we like to call it here on Misery Loves Company. And somebody else that can actually fit on that couch there, Chris, is somebody that you know and I know who's a part of this podcast at this point. Uh, and that happens to be Mr. Joseph Hichborn, a.k.a. Raceling, who lost to you in the okayest fantasy football league of all time and lost by a substantial margin, 141.7 to 123.5. Chris, what a you, bitch! he's got to be a bitch. You have the worst fantasy football team I've ever seen in my life. And even your starting running back, Le'Veon Bell was on a bye week, and you beat the shit out of Raceling, who had to sit there and not only watch that happen and be that guy who let you have that win. They are the Baltimore Ravens of 2007 or 2008, whenever that was, when the Miami Dolphins won. Uh, he is now the Baltimore Ravens. He not only had to watch that happen, he now has to do a write-up on it and do the power rankings of, of this league uh, and have to look at that again and again and again that he lost and dropped to 2-2 two and two to these – Just awful, no offense, Easy Drake Ovens of the okayest fantasy football league of all time.
0: Thank you so much, Sam. I appreciate you putting uh, me in that category. I have to do a nice shout-out to Leonard Fournette for 225 yards rushing in the second half against Denver. And, of course, Godwin in that 55-40 win, who had 172 yards and two, two touchdowns on 12 catches. Um, yeah, I mean, I killed it on that one. I even left uh, Shepard and McCoy on the bench, who got me almost 17 points, and I still absolutely wiped the fucking floor with Raceling. I can't wait to see the memes, hear the uh, the power rankings because he deserves to be dead last. There's no question about it. And if he's anything above that, I am fighting him. I'm going to fist fight him in the street somewhere with a gold to- Hall of Fame jacket and another one tied around my waist, 90s style. I will fight him. I am one in three, and that first and only win is against Wrestling And that is a BEA beautiful thing. Yeah, well he has uh, he has three
1: quarterbacks on his bench. So we start he started Daniel Jones for the New York Giants and this is what we had on his bench. He had Baker Mayfield, Jameis Winston, and Gardner fucking Minshew the <laughs> second. He had all three of those guys on his bench. He also started this I'm not even kidding. He also started Melvin Gordon, who put up a big old goose egg. which go ahead and counteracts your Steven Goskowski, who's now on injured reserve for the New England Patriots, only having four points, and Greg Olson, who decided apparently to show up and got 2.5. That's like writing your name correctly on the SATs and getting 400. Uh, I mean, this was not a good matchup. I mean, these are not good players, and you still whoop the shit out of them. Again, no offense to you, but holy crap, Raceling. Uh, you deserve to, uh, you know, put yourself in last place when it comes to the, uh, the power rankings here for the most okayest fantasy football league of all time. Chris, that is Misery Love's Company. We We've got the god-awful, terrible Cincinnati Bengals. We have the disappointing Los Angeles Rams. And, of course, we have none other than super fan, citizen of the week multiple times over, possible future Hall of Famer, Raceling, and his terrible, garbage, awful fantasy football team losing to your terrible, garbage, (laughs) awful fantasy football team.
0: And that is Misery Loves Company. That's beautiful, Sam. Thank you so much, because I, uh, I didn't even think about putting him in that, but that is, that is fantastic.
1: Oh, it is fantastic. You know what else is fantastic? The fact that the Miami Dolphins... After four bad weeks of football, we'll not be losing this week because we do have a bye week. Now, I usually don't – I'm not a fan of early bye weeks, Chris. I need a break. I need a break from this team, how bad they are. And it's been a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. It's fun to watch it from that perspective. But holy shit, you can only be beat down so many times before you run out of blood. And we need the blood to pump back into our system and get fired up for Miami Dolphins football. So we are taking a week off, which means, Chris, we have a Sunday that's open. No longer are we sitting there for three and a half hours just going, oh, my God, they suck again. So what are you going to do this weekend? as we do a game preview of the Miami Dolphins on a bye week. Since they're not playing, are you going to be watching football? Are you going to be doing something else? Are you going to reintroduce yourself to your family? What is the Chris Cullen two-time Hall of Famer going to do with his extra Sunday this Sunday?
0: I'm going to cook out. I'm probably going to smoke a pulled pork, and I'm going to watch football but not care. Uh, switch between the good games. That's what the red zone was invented for, right here. The red zone channel is bye week, and uh, keep up with my fantasy stats. Live tweet and probably just send offensive memes to Raceling all day. Well, there you go. That sounds like a beautiful Sunday. My myself, I will be doing
1: comedy all night Saturday night, and I'll be getting on a plane on Sunday to fly up to beautiful, sunny, never depressing Seattle, Washington, where I will be shooting commercials. All week long, so I have a busy week. I don't even have the script yet, Chris. They're going to be sending that to me, so I'm going to be sitting on a plane like a business asshole trying to remember lines. I don't even know how to read our own names off of a off of a piece of paper for review here, let alone be able to re- memorize lines. So it should be interesting. These commercials may never see the light of day, uh, but nonetheless, what's the I, commercials for? Uh, nothing fun. It's all boring corporate commercial shit. So it's not. Uh, huh. it's, it's nothing. That, it's not like a Reebok ad or anything like that. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but or Nike, I guess the kids wear Nike these I'm days. I'm gonna say Reebok. As, like. Yeah, yeah, like the 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 British Knights, the uh, the BK shoes with the diamond cells in them. I'm showing my age. Anyway, I will not be watching football this Sunday. I'll be watching my kid play soccer on Saturday. Then doing two shows at night in Rancho Cordova, which is just outside of Sacramento, uh, and then fl- hopping on a plane and uh, flying up to Washington. Maybe I'll bug Travis. Maybe I'll see if Travis is around. I can bug him while I'm up there. But uh, anyway, that's what I'll be doing with my weekend. That's what you're going to be doing with your weekend. Anything else you want to say on this? Lovely condensed version, a bye week, of uh, whatever show this is. What's the show? Perfectville? That's what we're called.
0: Yeah, welcome to Perfectville. Uh, uh, wait, um, Drunken history, yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, no, I got nothing else to say, man. Bye week. So uh, what is there to say? Like you said, we're not going to lose. There you go. Well, on behalf of the Dolphinstalk.com
1: podcast network and the Big Heads Media podcast network, my name is Sam Marcoux. He is Chris colin and goodbye week from Perfectville. Later.